Hello and welcome to Go Go Godzilla, a new podcast on the Benview Network. I'm Emily Schmemily. I'm Justin Kizan. And I'm Victor Perfecto. And we enjoy the films starring that big green friend of ours, mm-hmm. Godzilla. This is where, where I, I already pop in being a pedant and saying, he's sometimes green, frequently more of a kind of a charcoal gray. Green's yeah. like the, you always think of like Dracula wearing like the metal, the cape with the lining and yeah, like the Bella look, but also by way of like Party City. So you think of like, yeah. like the first time someone tells you that Bella's actual cape was lined with gray cloth instead of a, instead of like red, it's like, you're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's, yeah, no. So no, there's like green is part of our cultural memory of Godzilla, but Grey is also part of my memory as a Godzilla pedant when I was a child. It's one of those very first, <laughs> the very first time I ever got very uh, hyper anal retentive about Godzilla stuff was about the colors. So. Hey, here's the transition. Vic, talk about how you got into Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in a lot of ways, it's hard to determine like where it starts. Like Godzilla is one of those omnipresent things in my life. There are certain things that just feel like they've always been there. The Superman's always been there, like drawings of Popeye. But Godzilla, Godzilla is definitely my gateway into Eastern media. And that's, for instance, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, like nine tenths of my output is me just jabbering on and on about like Common Rider. Ground zero for my love of that stuff is Godzilla. You know, I think maybe I wasn't conscious of it. I didn't have the words for it back then, but definitely like something that felt Asian. Mm-hmm. that I could love and make mine was Godzilla. That's kind of where it starts. And from there, you know, movies on VHS, fanzines at comic shops. I just, the funny thing is I went in deep on Godzilla, but through Godzilla periphery, like I spent more time reading Godzilla magazines and actually being able to get access to video cassettes because they weren't as common at the uh, rental places I was uh, at growing up. That's yeah. a weird memory that I feel like doesn't exist for kids today. Like hmm. I feel like today a five-year-old would know how to find anything on the internet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like in, a, in our use, we were so old. <laughs> oh boy. I was I was thinking about this the other day. It's like wow, there was a time where if you wanted to watch a movie, mm-hmm. you just wouldn't. You just like, read about it instead because yeah. if you didn't own the VHS. Yeah. That was the end of the story essentially. Like, that was the purpose of the adaptations back then, like yeah. the novelizations and the comic book adaptations. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's your only way of revisiting. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with like, yeah, I kind of go like mine's very similar to Victor's in terms of like my knowledge. Godzilla was like he was around, like duh. But it was also one of those cases where it's like I understood recognizably that was something kind of cool about him. And like weird, I actually didn't get to watch a lot of them as much as I wanted to. But whenever like something popped up on like say Saturday afternoon, attention went straight to like great. And now I'm watching it for yeah. the rest of the evening or the <laughs> afternoon. There wasn't a specific like, thing about it outside of the fact that like it looked cool. Crush him crushing buildings is fun. That's, you know, I mean, that's the number one yeah. way to draw people into Godzilla is yeah. say, look, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's an extremely regional reference. So, like I said, the video stores near me, Godzilla moves were kind of a rarity actually. Like maybe like Blockbuster had two. And like the, the the mom and pop place had like one or two. Half the time I had to maybe hopefully bump into it on television. That was most of the ways I would. And again, this is an extremely regional, someone who was a child in Southern California in 1991 kind of memory. On KCAL 9, noted California K-Rock DJs Kevin and Bean mm-hmm. had the Godzilla time slot. It was like, it was like Kevin and Bean's Godzilla show where they where they'd record like host segments around Godzilla. This was the, literally the thing I was talking about. <laughs> I have, I've never yeah. heard of yes. this. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kev, I was yeah. born in 1994. Okay, so. and then here's the age again. <laughs> and here's the other thing, too. Like, again, these are all spotty, and I'm sure documentation of this is very shaky, too. So corroborating it might be a little tricky, too. But I believe Kevin and Bean got, like, maybe... They got about a month into this into this show until they threw up their hands and just turned into, like, 
some sort of proto poor man's bikini beach thing, and they just gave up on the Godzilla thing. Mm. That's um, a bummer. Yeah. Uh, mine sort of starts out similar to yours, in which Godzilla was this sort of thing that I was aware of. But I, I, did, I not only failed to find Godzilla at the mom pop stores or Blockbuster, I also failed to find Godzilla on television. <laughs> so for, I mean, all of my youth, I mostly, my most firsthand uh, experience with Godzilla was actually in the uh, opening credits to Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah. Show, which I really loved. And every single time, I'd be mm. like, wow, Godzilla looks so cool. I wish I could watch those movies. Mm-hmm. Don't know how. And that's just kind of how it continued. And literally until 2014, uh, when the uh, Brian Cranston American Godzilla came out, I was like, hey, it's 2014. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hip millennial who knows how to use the internet. True. What if I watched all Godzilla movies? <laughs> and then uh, in the span of about two and a half weeks, I watched all 26 uh, previous Godzilla movies that have been made. See, um, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and I loved every single one of them. I just, I instantly, it was this, it went from being this thing that I knew existed my entire life, but had never engaged with to being one of my favorite franchises. Well, I was going to say, that's the funny thing about being friends with you, Emily, is that I've always kind of fancied myself something of a, of a Godzilla expert, e guy. Like, that's like, kind of been part of my, my, my hook, my shtick. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like I said, I didn't get to consume nearly as many of the actual sources. Most of my knowledge came from reading fanzines, reading books like Steve Rifle's Godzilla book, stuff like that. When you told me you 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 did it, you just you, you hunkered down, and you did it. Like I'm this guy who who uh, who's like really nerdy about about Japanese versus American versions of Godzilla and stuff. But you you actually went to the salt mines and you made it happen. And I was like, I was very, very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was, it was no, it was not a chore. Like, it was really fun. They were all, I literally, there's not a single Godzilla movie in there that I didn't like. Well, I mean, 1998. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the Roland Emmerich one. There's not a single Japanese Godzilla movie in there I didn't like. Yeah. Uh, because I, the anime ones hadn't come out yet. Right. right. Um, and I think that's kind of like, let's get, leads us into basically like, What's the basic history of the franchise that we can kind of discuss right now? Because this is, like you said, like it's 26 movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was 26 at it the was time. 26. It, there's been, what? So that was before 2014. That's right. 2014 Godzilla count, plus Shin Godzilla, plus the... Did the third anime come out? I cannot remember. Uh, the I, third I anime... Really like the first yeah, two. the third anime just came out recently. Oh, just okay. dropped. So plus the three anime. Plus three, three animes. Um, and soon plus King of the Monsters. Plus King of the Monsters, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what? Oh gosh, I don't know. How it's to like do that. that's that's now well over thirty at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, like like this is the interesting thing about Godzilla and probably why like we're doing a show mm-hmm. on on the on the on the on the Atomic Breath Master. Like it's such a wide spanning series that seemingly just keeps going, even though when there's big breaks, he will come back. Yeah, and will be recontextualized for the time. Mm-hmm. You know. And I mean, it's, it's I, I, there's nothing else like this in cinema, really. Oh, yeah. For as far as I know, 1954 is when the thing started. I always compare it to uh, James Bond, which I, I think maybe people here in America are a little more familiar with. Yeah. Of it being this thing where, like, because it's been continuous for so long, you see how the different eras, different cultures at the time shaped each one of the movies, how, like, you know, I mean, even Casino Royale, we look back now and see all the parkour, like, oh, that's yeah. a super 2006 movie. It's super true, yeah, yeah, Godzilla's yeah. the same way, except it's been going on even longer than James Bond. Yeah, Godzilla's, ve- Godzilla's very malleable. Godzilla is very much a creature of zeitgeist who reflects the times. That's one of those things about Godzilla is he's a very flexible symbol. And I think that's, for instance, that's one of those things that people who are maybe casually into Godzilla or really don't know anything about Godzilla outside of cultural osmosis don't quite understand, is that... Godzilla can be a metaphor 
about surviving the atomic bomb and can also be popcorn fare for little kids where he dances after beating up a golden dragon. And it can be those things. It's not one or the other. The priorities of the culture of the time shift. Godzilla starting as a metaphor for an atomic bomb flies directly in the face of by the time you get to the 70s and he's fighting Hedra the smog monster and he becomes a being who's an earth protector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I like good guy Godzilla. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that we, we're seeing baby face Godzilla basically oh, in, yeah. the, in the American movies now too <laughs> because that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. That's something that, I mean, even that, like, that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize about Godzilla is that Sometimes he's the bad guy. Sometimes he's the good guy. Sometimes he's a tweener. Sometimes yeah. he just kind of shows up. Godzilla, Godzilla is one hundred percent a wrestling persona, right. and like a wrestler has been through those like those different those different periods. I, I think actually that's a really interesting thing. I've no, definitely I've noticed. Like again, I only say this as an outside observer, but from what I see, the Japanese fan base is very into heel Godzilla, or at the very least, natural disaster Godzilla. And in the states, we're a little bit more receptive to. Babyface Godzilla, you know the uh, the the Godzilla who 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 fights who fights the bad, basically the dusty roads of kaiju. Yeah, <laughs> just the working class hero. He's a yep. little smaller than yep. some of the other monsters, maybe. <laughs> he's but better he's got maybe his... a little big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got heart. Peter <laughs> put hard times <laughs> on Godzilla, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, uh. So what we kind of want to do with this podcast is we want to go through and basically for each Godzilla movie figure out why this is the movie that got made when yeah. it did. You know, what was it about the conditions going in? Where was Japan culturally at the time? What what were the producers of the franchise thinking at the time? Were they, was maybe the last Godzilla movie a bomb, so they're like, we're going to make the next one super different. Mm -hmm. What made them decide to reboot Godzilla in the 80s? And right. Then again and again. And yeah, and I think that's like, when you look, like, nothing fascinates me more on a film franchise than seeing the evolution of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Because... It's kind of like the reason why I'm a big fan of, like, say, the Planet of the Apes movies sure. or the Fast and Furious movies yeah. or the Rocky movies is that how do you take the first thing, the first movie, and then find a way to take that rubber band and then stretch it yeah. as far as you can to the point where you're adding things to keep that band going and to the point where you're wondering how far did we take this before this band breaks? Yeah. But we're going to keep what, going. What is it going to look like when it breaks in your face? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes... That happens to these franchises, and it just smacks you in the face, and you gotta fix the rubber band all over again. And I think with Godzilla, what's fascinating is that Godzilla's rubber band is just really weird material, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps evolving and changing to the point where there is no air quote correct way of making a Godzilla movie outside of some basic elements, yeah. which we will hope to find and solidified the more we watch these movies, you know. Yeah. Yes. He, Godzilla is rubber like a rubber band or like the hide that Mr. Haru Nakajima actually wore <laughs> to be Godzilla. <laughs> Since we all have a basic idea of how, you know, like the of the series is like strange evolution, how has the franchise endured and changed in 65 years? Why does this keep coming back? I mean, I think here's again another thing. I think being Americans even we don't entirely understand that even in Japan, Godzilla's cultural importance waxes and wanes. To us, Godzilla is a symbol of Japan. One of those things, you know, the Toyota, 
and Godzilla. Like these, these, it really these is. Things, I feel like right? if you were to ask the average American, like, what are the five things you associate with Japan? I feel like Godzilla would probably be on that list. Yeah. Probably and the top three. If, if, if this was the family feud and they asked 100 Americans, mm-hmm. yeah. Godzilla would be on the board for sure. Absolutely. And yeah. yet, and yet, there was a point where Godzilla was struggling in the box office enough that you had to anchor it with a Hamtaro short to get people to watch it. <laughs> Which sounds weird if you don't understand <laughs> the fact that, that it's a waxing and a waning. And, but that's the funny thing. I think we're back in another boom period for Godzilla. Um, I mean, part of it, of course, you know, Legendary's moving 2014 into Shin Godzilla, into where we're at now. So much of Japanese pop culture that we have, it's funny we didn't even touch on it. So much of Japanese pop culture is centered around a worldview of being a very vulnerable country at the mercy of its environment. And especially after especially after the you know the Fukushima incident especially yeah. after the quake yeah. those feelings are raw and real again just like they were in 54 when they did Godzilla 54 again that's why you can do Godzilla movies that are just punch kick fun like final wars but whether or not you like or dislike Shin Godzilla that's a movie born of feelings you know, basically processing real world feelings the way Godzilla 54 was. Yeah, and I think, like, there is something about the fact that, like, you can kind of keep bringing the character in the world back to reflect those different feelings mm-hmm. is something that's really kind of unlike anything else. And the fact of the matter is, like, yeah, I think, like, if I'm going to make a prediction right now, the basic elements, and I will be, gl- like, glad to know that how wrong I'll be <laughs> the more we actually start watching them. But part of me right now is, like, the things that have to feel like a Godzilla movie is, like, Godzilla is a giant creature that creates a giant, like, oppression into the public that he, when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Destruction of the buildings <laughs> yeah. are kind of required to a certain degree, even though I know we're going to get to a point where an island's just going to keep showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got to stay on that island. That's also partly because the budget was more uh, friendly to uh, palm trees than building more uh, uh, buildings yeah. to knock down. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, but basic elements like that, and just as long as he's a, you know, he's the basic shape of Godzilla as recognizable, those are the kind of the simplest core things you can keep. And when you've strayed too far, like a certain movie from America in 1998, then we question it. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, like it, everything else is up to the filmmakers at the moment and the time period. And that's still really interesting to me. You know, I mean, and, and of course, especially when I was in high school, I was definitely in the uh, in the the brigade of, of Godzilla fanboys here to, to take its kicks at TriStar Godzilla but I mean here's the thing too I think it is you know you know partly to, to stand up for the underdog too there is something TriStar's Godzilla is definitely a reflection like I said Godzilla is a reflection of Japan's anxiety and Japan's worldview and I think what's very interesting about Godzilla 98 is when you ask America how do you do Godzilla the TriStar movie is a very honest answer from God, from America in 1998 as to what their answer to that is. Yeah, yeah. And, and hold on to it further thoughts until yeah. we actually get to Godzilla yeah. 1998. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then, of course, that's another thing. We're talking about that waxing and waning. You know, Toho was pretty much ready to let Godzilla, uh, put Godzilla to pasture. And after Godzilla 98, Toho's, you know, much like Mark Henry decides there's a little bit of gas in the tank. And then they <laughs> came out swinging again with the X series. Yeah. So. If I were to pick an American equivalent, it would be Superman, whereas it's just this this big idea that exists, and I don't think they mean the same thing at all, but I think they just, they came and they resonated with enough people that they stuck around for a long time. 
And there haven't been as many Superman movies as Godzilla movies, but that's because Superman started in comics. Godzilla started in movies, so mm-hmm. that's just kind of I don't know. It's it's this it's this it's just this this enduring idea. It's it's simple. It's clean. You got a guy in a rubber suit. He's gonna knock some shit over. We're gonna have fun. Yeah, yeah. I will say as as a as a being of of, of multimedia pop culture, you, you do grab a good point though, because especially being in a post uh, Batman being their guy world, one forgets to what degree Superman pop culture absorption was radio shows and comic books and television yeah. shows and everything in a lot of ways Godzilla as well you know little vinyl, vinyl dolls and movies American comic books um, if you're in your 30s like I am you probably remember the Imperial Godzilla action figure that was just littered in Toys R Us's and KB's everywhere it's this, the same again if you're if you're listening to me right now and you're in my age demographic you're probably closing your mind's eye and imagining that same charcoal gray but with spritzes of green godzilla with the weirdly blood red lips and he he was just around yeah i mean that's the thing about about a lot you know when a when a property gets to a certain size it's possible to have like a real relationship with this franchise and this character and really love them without ever actually having seen one of the original movies oh yeah which i kind of like that's i mean i i think for whatever reason, Godzilla just lends itself really well to that. Yeah, you know, you know, like like a, a baby can be born in the United States, know who Batman is, without knowing where they found out. You know, a kid in the you know a little child in the UK could know exactly the Dalek shape, like even if they don't even like Doctor Who. I think Godzilla. Yeah, you can you can maybe never watch Godzilla, a single Godzilla movie, but it's impossible to not know something about him through cultural osmosis. The sound of him, the shape of him, the the building smashing. Even if you've never sat down and spent some quality time with one of those movies, you know what he's about because he's that much of a force in pop culture. I mean, yeah. I mean you make the joke about Reptar earlier, but like, there's what there would there's be a reason why an American children's cartoon had a Godzilla analog in it. It's because Godzilla is something that kids will recognize. Absolutely. Here's the thing, though. Like, we're we're speaking as as three Americans yeah. <laughs> who uh, know of this import. But what was it like for someone who actually grew up in Japan? And I can't believe I actually had this opportunity to actually ask this question. Yeah. Um, so, not only someone who grew up in Japan, but... <laughs> but it's someone who's technically... No, not technically. Officially in Godzilla movies. Yeah, um, yeah no, so... Someone who's it, met Godzilla. The one yeah. who's met Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla's friend. <laughs> um, so I've, uh, I do interviews for uh, ScreenRant.com, and I, do, I did do uh, the Godzilla King of the Monsters press junket. Uh, the interviews should be up as articles by the so most of them by For the time. For sure, by the time this is released. By the time this is released, so yeah. But uh, I did get to speak to Ken Watanabe, who plays Dr. Sirizawa in Godzilla 2014 and Godzilla Kingdom Monsters. And so, I first question off the bat, I did ask him what was his experience and cultural knowledge of Godzilla growing up, and uh, why don't we just let Ken Watanabe take over? Good, good, good. Uh, well, first off, I want to start off with um, I want to talk about your your personal first exposure mm-hmm. to Godzilla. What was your earliest memory oh, of oh, the oh, character? Oh, uh, maybe fourth or fifth series of the Godzilla mm-hmm. because uh, I was born in nineteen fifty nine and uh, maybe ten or eleven years, and then uh, it's not. Uh, they feeling just uh, see the monster movie mm-hmm. enjoying and yeah wow. and then uh, uh, I saw the couple movies more and after middle school mm-hmm. and little step back to the 
you know, most of the movie because, you know, just for kids or something. Sure. Then I heard about that project of the first one mm -hmm. and I saw the, so back to the just original one, mm -hmm. Black and White, right. 1954 or something. Mm -hmm. I was so surprised. Yeah, we, we could make a great movie in, uh, involved a great theme and yeah. a deep. And then uh, I thought about just, you know, Godzilla has, uh, each, each Godzilla movie has uh, each different kind of uh, theme. Absolutely. And a society program and a world program or something. And uh, uh, after World War II, a nuclear bomb and a Cold War and another uh, uh, Pollution or... or uh, mm. uh, greenhouse gas. Right. Uh, something. Smog monster. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then uh, uh, I got an offer of a first Godzilla. A timing is like uh, after the tsunami, mm. 2011. Mm. Oh, and right. then uh, I lost the motivation to working in a, a movie and acting, you know, just. I remember hearing about that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, it's a great uh, theme. We have a nuclear bomb mm. after the uh, effect to the uh, society or something. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I try. And then uh, next one also. That was really cool. Uh, it, again, it's, I couldn't help but think when you mentioned like being born in 1959 and... and, and growing up around the character. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a, a, a elementary school, 1960s Ken Watanabe in the shorts and the baseball cap, looking like the kid from Godzilla's Revenge, uh, little Kandama. And then he mentions middle school, so now you're imagining like Ken in like the black schoolboy outfit, you know, that, that uniform maybe with the glasses, I don't know. And, but yeah, the, the, the reality, again, it's one thing to consume Godzilla kind of as a uh, second hand the way we did. But yeah, Ken really does kind of get into that idea of, you know, sometimes Godzilla's children's fair, sometimes God's, and then sometimes, you know, like, like the, the natural disasters in the summer of 20, uh, the 2010s happen and, and they have an effect again. Like, you know, the fact that Ken can both remember nostalgically kid fun Godzilla, but also come to that understanding about Godzilla as a symbol. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. And it's the fact that he was born in 59, that's five years after the first film, means that like he grew up in a country that Godzilla is a was a prevalent presence in yeah. cinema. So the idea that he... Uh, yeah, the, I, in I the like the... In the thick of it, really. In the thick of yeah. it, yeah. I love the idea that, like, it just makes sense. It's like, he comes, he gets out of school, and a bunch of his kids are like, you want to watch the new Godzilla? Yeah, okay. You know, like, that's just <laughs> that's normal. That's what you do. That's what you do, and... And, you know, like, yeah, like the idea that, like, he understood that, you know, Godzilla is a very, you know, was a thing that just happens and he can watch it and walk out of it. And, yeah, it's interesting to basically kind of, like, hear his perspective on it, on, especially because someone who's became a working actor in Japan now is in two of them. Yeah. I, ironically, the American ones. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, actually, you can read the whole interview on Screen Rant. Um, I actually do bring up the question of has he ever auditioned for Toho? Yeah. And his answer is kind of funny so yeah i'm excited to read that stay tuned or just listen to it right now i mean I that's have the rest of that interview <laughs> you do have it that's uh... <laughs> executive privilege <Yeah. laughs> do we have any anything else we want to say in this first episode 
I think just for me, it's like I realize like much like Vic, I've always liked the character, I've always liked the franchise, but I've not seen, unlike you, Emily, I have not seen every one, and so to have a show that's an excuse to do so. Yeah, I think this show is a good excuse for us to dive deep and also for listeners to dive deep. That That is kind of what we're doing here is we're, we really want to go in depth on the whole series. Right. And as someone who, yeah, like, like I said, who spent my fertile elementary school and middle school years reading G-Fan and Oriental Cinema and book and like and like the big monster book and, and, and cons- basically taking in trivia's drip of every never meeting a bit of Godzilla trivia that I didn't love. And having a chance to talk about it with my friends and to share it with people, I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for a very, <laughs> very long time. There have been so many unsolicited like God's like, like points where I've just chimed in, and to have a chance to actually talk about it in a focused way is really exciting. And I do want to point something out. Like this, this episode zero, episode monster zero, is just a very loosey goosey episode in comparison to what the traditional show will be. Yeah. I would agree. The show, it's you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna do research. We're gonna break these down, break these movies down, and you know, actually, really, you know, it's gonna be academic. It's gonna be academic. We'll throw our opinions if we feel like it, but you're here for a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna teach you about Godzilla. We're gonna teach you. This is school. There will be a test. <laughs> I would like you to take notes with hand. You don't if you you engage more properly with the material than if you're keying it in your keyboard, but. Uh, <laughs> As long as you're taking the notes. <laughs> Do we have anything we'd like to plug before we go? You can listen to uh, my other podcast, Nothing New, a remake podcast with, um, I think you're, Emily, you're familiar with this person, Andrew Lindy. I, I don't know who that is. You don't know. That's no. awkward. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, you'll see my uh, articles and interviews on ScreenRant.com and uh, check me out on Hashtag Show uh, on YouTube for live streams on Japanese superhero shows <laughs> and movies. Uh, at the moment, the, right now, this is my th- this is uh, again this is my my first real real really real venture into podcasting. So you can find me here, <laughs> um, and outside of that, um, you know, you can find me at Vic Perfecto on Twitter, which is kind of like listening to me on this show, um, but because uh, uh, it, it's it's basically the same content. If you are interested in in Godzilla and all the Godzilla adjacent things, if you like Common Rider and Super Sentai. And Ultraman. That's not fair. You also post about wrestling. Sometimes. That is very true. Well, I think I brought this into this podcast as well. <laughs> oh, that's true. You did talk yeah. about wrestling on this episode. If, if you like wrestling, if you like Superman, if you like Eastern media, and you like cats, my Twitter feeds where it's at. That's all great stuff. It's a pretty good category, honestly. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Very Cool Emily. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Very Cool Emily. Uh, you can check out my other show. I do. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, uh, uh, Justin. I do a show with a guy called Andrew Lindy. I'm not familiar. Oh, that's oh, weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do a show called uh, Dunson Checks Men. I had to really think for a second the title of our other show. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed. I also was pronounced Lind. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dunstan Checks Man is a show where Andrew and I uh, watch uh, the 1996 ape film. That's kind of like a kaiju, right? An orangutan. That's about <laughs> That's well, a I mean, small kaiju. He 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 does ring terror. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, King Kong is one of the inspirations for Godzilla. So I mean, in a like third or fourth generation down, sure. Sure. Uh, we talk about Dunstan Checks and uh, and we uh, do a very silly thing where we every episode is about one minute of the film uh, paired with another feature length film. Uh, so check that out. Done some checks, man. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. 
Hopefully this gave you a feel for who we are and what the show will be about. Our next episode drops July 15th and will be a much more in-depth look at 1954 Godzilla. The music you heard at the beginning of the episode was the Toho title screen music. And the music playing now is the Godzilla March as performed for Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. We hope you all liked this and we'll see you in a month!